Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. God is the creator of all things. But in order for him to be your father, you must be born again. I guess the question would remain, are you born again? Are you a child of God? And so Jesus says to all those, everyone who is a child of God, you may ask, seek, and knock. Now, in the Greek language, stay with me. In the Greek language, in the New Testament, there are two basic kinds of imperatives. Imperatives. Ask, seek, and knock, verbs. Action. Ask, seek, and knock. In the New Testament, two basic kinds of imperatives. Number one, the first imperative is called an aortist imperative. And that simply means to do something one time. It speaks of a one specific act that you are to do one time. The second is called a present imperative. And that doesn't speak of a one-time act. It speaks of a continual act. That speaks of something that you do over and over and over and over again. So Jesus is saying to all of his children, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking and don't give up. Ask, seek, and knock. Got a pen? Let me give you five points I think are important about asking. Number one, number one, asking is simply talking about prayer. It's talking about prayer. We're to pray. We're to ask. John chapter 15, verse 7. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask or pray about whatever you desire and it shall be done unto you. Jesus says, ask what is your desire and keep on asking. This is a command to pray. And by the way, prayer is a command and not a suggestion. Therefore, if you're not praying, then you're sinning. You don't have to say amen there. That's all right. It's it's all right. It's true. If we don't take the time to pray, Christians, we are sinning. We don't think about it like that, now do we? But it's true. So Jesus says, ask. It's a command. Ask and keep on asking. Pray. Man, what a great need in the church today is people who will pray. You know, people don't pray anymore. Have you noticed that? 
People just don't pray anymore. The greatest thing in the church is for people to pray, not for prosperity, not for health, not for all of these things that the world and other people might tell you is a great need in the church. The greatest need in the church today is for people to pray. You remember in Luke chapter 11, it was when the disciples saw Jesus praying and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Isn't it interesting that they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to pray? They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, I find that interesting. I think you should. When they saw Jesus, see, the disciples spent a lot of time with Jesus. You understand that. And when they saw Jesus do miracles, when they saw Jesus preach with power and authority, they never said, Lord, teach us to preach with power and authority. They never said that. When they saw Jesus heal the leper and Heal the blind man. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to heal people with mighty signs and wonders. They didn't say that. You know, when they saw Jesus feed the 5,000, which is more like 15,000 with wives and children, he took the two fish and the five loaves of bread and Jesus prayed over that bread and he fed the multitudes of people. They didn't say, Lord, Teach us to pray over bread so that we can have a Meals on Wheels ministry. They didn't say that. When they saw Jesus pray, when they saw the intimacy and the effect and the priority of Jesus' prayer life, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Prayer. You know, prayer is an important piece of armor, by the way. Put on the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, your feet prepared with the preparation of the gospel of peace, your breastplate of righteousness, your loins girded about with truth. And in Ephesians 6, Paul says, and praying always with all prayer and supplication. Prayer is a powerful tool for spiritual warfare. You're under heavy attack. Pray. John Maxwell said the detonator that churches lack today is prayer. It has the power to ignite the dynamite of the gospel and powerfully shake the world. I like that. Pray. Now, we talked about it in times past. Prayer. What's prayer? What's the purpose of prayer? Prayer isn't getting your will done on earth. Prayer is getting God's will done in heaven. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. Prayer is laying hold of God's willingness. God wants you to pray, to lay hold of his willingness and his plan and his purpose. Prayer is asking God's will to be done on earth. Not your will, but God's will. So Jesus says, ask in prayer. Not only ask in prayer, but point number two, ask in his name, in his name. John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. And whatever you ask in my name, why don't you read that with me as a matter of fact? And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, there are some people 
who read verses like this and they think this is a blank check, baby. Man, if I just ask anything in his name, he will do it. So, God, I will take a pink polka dot Cadillac. Because you said, if I just ask in your name, you will do it. And there are many people who read verses like this and they say, well, anything that you ask, all you have to say at the end of it is in Jesus name and God's going to do it. Anything, 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 just pick it. And just say in Jesus name, you know, Jesus name becomes like the tagline to every prayer. You even notice that it's like the tagline. It's like you say a prayer and then you say, in Jesus' name. Or, you know, like Roger Dodger. Or, you know, over and out, good buddy. You know, it's like the tagline to any prayer. And if you just say in Jesus' name, then God is obligated to do it. Listen, that is not praying in Jesus' name. And Jesus, in Jesus' name is not the magical words. When the Bible says that we are to pray in Jesus' name, listen and listen close. When the Bible says that we are to pray in Jesus name, that means that whatever is coming out of your mouth, whatever you're praying is in the nature and the character and in harmony with his will in heaven for you on earth. Amen, saints. For his will in heaven for you on earth, whatever you're praying, if it's in his nature, in his character. And in harmony with his will, that prayer, God will affirmatively answer. And thus you praying for a pink polka dot Cadillac with leather seats and Dolby stereo does not guarantee if you simply say in Jesus name that God's going to give you your prayer and answer your prayer according to your will. You see, praying in Jesus name means above all. You say, God, your will be done in Jesus' name. And don't ever be afraid to say, Father, your will be done. Don't ever be afraid to say that. I was watching one TV preacher, and he looked straight in the camera. And he said, look, don't ever say God's will be done He said, because when you say that, that's the wimpy way out of praying. You need to have faith. And he looked boldly in the camera. He said, you need to have faith. Don't ever pray your will, God's will be done. You name it and you claim it. You blab it and you grab it. And you just tell God what you want. And I'm like, I'm going to pull my hair out if I had some. (laughs) Ah, Because listen. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was praying in great drops of blood, he was praying so hard. And Jesus said, Father, if there's any other way for men to be saved, he said, Lord, let's go with that. But then he said, nevertheless, what? Not my will, but thy will be done. Let me tell you something. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for Rodney. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for you. Father, thy will be done. Jesus did not want to go to Calvary's cross. Do you understand that? 
He didn't want to go. He had to go. It was the only way. The Bible says in Hebrews, he endured the cross, despising the shame. So when Jesus was praying, he was saying to his father, Lord, God, Father, if there's any other way for men to be saved, then let's go with that. So by Jesus going to Calvary's cross tells us there was no other way. Well, I just don't believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So, what do you want me to tell you? There is no other way. And if there was another way, then God the Father would have gone with that way. But since there was no other way, Jesus had to go the way of the cross. And he did. And it brought him joy. And that's why he said, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Don't ever, 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 ever be afraid to say, Lord, I don't know how to pray. God, I don't get it. Lord, I don't understand what's going on with my kids. I don't understand what's going on with my husband, my health, and my finances. God, I don't understand. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done, Father. Because God knows. God cares. Remember, he's the good father, not the godfather. What God has for you is better than you could ever imagine or think. God says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait on the Lord. Be patient because he's a good father, not the Godfather. He's got the best for you. He's got the best for you. He's got the best for you, but you got to wait on him. Don't move too quick. And when you don't understand, you know what Romans tells us? Romans tells us that, that when we don't understand and we don't know how to pray, the Bible says the spirit makes intercessions with groanings that cannot be uttered. Now, I like that kind of praying because I don't know how to pray. And when you don't know how to pray, Romans says you can just groan. Oh, Lord. And the father says, yes, I get it. I understand. Oh, God. Oh, yes, yes, I understand what you're saying. Oh, Lord, my kids. Help me, God. Yes, I get it. I understand. Yes, I'm going to answer. That's my kind of praying, y'all. I don't know. God knows. Don't ever be afraid to say, Lord, I'm asking this in harmony with your will. Father, your will be done, not my will. Not only ask in prayer, number one. Number two, ask in his name. But thirdly, here's a biggie, you guys. Can we talk? Ask humbly. First Peter chapter five, verse five, it says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Oh, man, I'm grieved when I when I look at television or I talk to some people and they're not humble. 
you know, they're not, they're, people are just not humble anymore. They look into the camera with boldness and arrogance and all these things that come out of their mouths. And I'm like, you're not humble. The Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We need to be men and women who are humble. Remember, hello, we're talking about the God of the entire universe. Universe. My oh, God. You know, it's like when your kids come to you and they ask you for something. And you can tell when your kids are being prideful and arrogant. And you go, now, now wait a minute there, Buster. Now, let me just tell you something. You just change that attitude right now because I don't like that attitude. Because I don't like you look a little prideful to me there, fella. You can see it. You know. And you're not going to tolerate your kids coming to you with some prideful attitude. Well, hello, we're talking about God. We're talking about God. We need to approach God. Why? Because God is in heaven and you are on the earth. And, and God is above you. And, and we need to come to him humbly. Humbly. We're talking about the God who, who, who spans the universe with his hand. We're talking about God who weighs the mountains. When's the last time you weighed a mountain? When, when's the last time? The God who weighs a mountain. The God who flings the stars in the space and billions and billions and billions of stars in the sky. And the Bible says that he knows the name of every single one of them. We're talking about God who knows the number of hairs on your head. Now, for some of us, that's not a whole lot to know, but he does. We're talking about God here, God in heaven. Therefore, we should be humble. God has not been created for your good pleasure. God is not the cosmic bellhop, you know, or the genie in the Bible just waiting to rub you to rub it. And it comes out in the smoke and shows up in genie pants and, you know, says, oh, now here, master, I'm here to deliver. No, that's dominoes. That's not God. God is God. And we need to approach God humbly with a sincere heart. Humbly. Fourthly. We need to be persistent. I don't have time to look at this verse, but I, I like to say ask persistently or shameless persistence. Shameless persistence? Yeah, you're going to read this in your own time. And Luke chapter 11 talks about shameless persistence. And then again, in Genesis chapter 18, you know that story. Talking about shameless persistence. Abraham kept praying to God to spare Sodom and Gomorrah. You know that story. And Abraham goes to God and Abraham says, God, if I can find 50 righteous in the city, will you spare the city? And God says, yeah, Abraham, go. Go try to find 50 righteous in the city. He goes out. Abraham goes out, looks for 50 righteous, and he can't find 50 righteous. He comes back to God and says, hey, God, how about 45? He starts haggling with God. God says, okay, oh, yeah, 45. Go ahead. Go ahead. But Abraham goes out, can't find 45, comes back. How about 40? He comes back. Would you consider 30? Uh, what about 25? 20, 10, God, if I find 10 righteous people in the city, will you spare the city? And God says, yeah, Abe, yeah, I'll spare the city. Abraham goes out, he can't find 10 righteous people in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. And you know the story, Lot and his family were delivered from that city. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Persistence, persistence, shameless persistence. We should ask God persistently. And last but certainly not least, we need to ask 
according to his will. First John chapter five, verse 14, one of my favorite verses. And this is the confidence that we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Did you notice the words according to his will? He hears us. That means you can't have whatever you want. You can't. It's according to his will he hears us. You see, God is a loving God, and God is not concerned with what you want. God is more concerned with what you need. What do you need? He says, I'll provide all your needs according to his riches and glory, not all your greed. Say amen, saints. You know, some folks say, God, provide all your greed according to his riches and glory. No, 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 no. It says God will provide all your, your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You see, if you don't want what God wants, God knows what you need is better than you can imagine. And so God will give you, according to his will, what you need. William Barclay wrote these words. I love them. He said, true prayer is asking God for what he wants. Don't you like that? True prayer is asking God for what he wants. We need to be willing to let God provide for us according to his will. We need to be willing to accept God's will for our lives. And believe it or not, it's sad but true. A lot of Christians are not willing to accept God's will. As a pastor, I know this. Many Christians are not willing to accept God's will. God says, I don't want you to get a divorce. I don't care. I'm getting divorced. God says, I don't want you guys living together. I don't care. We're living together. God says, you know, my will is this or my will is that. And people say, I don't care. I'll do what I think is best. You know, we need to be willing to accept God's will in our lives according to his will. So ask and seek and knock. You want to notice they actually increase in intensity. Asking is petition. Seeking speaks of involvement. And knocking speaks of persistence. Jesus says, ask and seek and knock and you'll find and the door shall be open unto you. In other words, Jesus is promising an answer to your prayers. But did you know that no is an answer? It's like, what part of no don't you understand? The N or the O. No is an answer. Yes is an answer. Wait is an answer. See, God promises the answer. He doesn't say, I'm going to answer it the way you think I ought to answer it. He says he'll answer according to his will. Let me read you this closing comment. From an unknown Confederate soldier, he wrote these words, and I like them. I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn to humbly obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I, was asked, I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. 
I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything I had hoped for. For almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered, and I, among all men, are most richly blessed. I thank God for the unanswered prayers. I have prayed some stupid prayers in my time, y'all. And so have you. Say amen. So I'm, I'm not alone here. And I thank God for the times that God did not give me what I asked for. You know, it was Walter Martin. He wrote that book, Kingdom of the Cults. He tells this story. One time he saw this lady and uh, he just thought, he said, God, please give me this woman. I love that woman. Oh, she's so beautiful. Oh, Lord, give her to me. I just want to marry her and love her. Lord, please. And God told him no. He saw that same woman 20 years later. He said, oh, thank you, God. He said, thank you, Lord. Life's been hard on that woman. Thank you, Lord. See, thank God for the unanswered prayer. Amen, saints. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.